Welcome to Word Matters, presented by the Christian Standard Bible. Word Matters is a podcast dedicated to helping Christians understand some of the most confusing and controversial passages of the Bible. Now join the conversation with your hosts, Trevin Wax and Brandon Smith. What vision do people need so they won't perish? That is the question that we're going to ask on this episode of Word Matters. I'm Brandon Smith, alongside my co-host Trevin Wax. And uh, today we are looking at a uh, passage of scripture that gets misinterpreted a lot, Trevin. Yes, um, all the time, actually, from Proverbs 29. And it's mainly, I think it's because of how people today interpret the King James translation of this verse. Um, So, okay, this is an episode, and we've had discussions about this one. This is not a challenging verse in and of itself, uh, controversial or difficult to understand. But because of the way it's gotten applied over the years— it's one that we have to cut through a lot of confusing and bad applications in order to get to the real meaning. Yeah. So it gets us into conversations about vision statements and mission statements and direction for the church and, and, and stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. So let's jump in here. Uh, I'll read the verse in the CSB. Proverb, Proverbs twenty nine eighteen. Without revelation, people run wild, but one who follows divine instruction will be happy. Uh, and so I should have mentioned that there is a footnote here in the CSB that says um, that revelations literally vision. So we, so it's revelation in CSB, but the footnote shows that literally it's vision. Yes. And just so that we understand where some of the confusion has come about, I'm going to read the King James Version of this verse as well. Where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. Um, now, putting together the CSB translation of without revelation with a footnote saying it's literally vision, and then the King James Version saying where there is no vision— we're already, you're already, if you're tracking with us, you're already seeing that the, the problem isn't the KJV per se. Uh, it's how that word vision has been reinterpreted and applied over the years. Yeah. So, so let's take a look at some of the ways this verse has led to some different interpretations. Yeah. So, uh, first, first interpretation, the one that probably kind of raised this for us in the first place is not a scholarly one, but a, a popular view, uh, which is the idea that people need a vision, right? They need a leader who sees uh, what needs to happen and makes a plan for it. They need a vision statement. They need somebody to get them uh, going in the right direction. So uh, this verse gets used to back up leaders who spend time, you know, developing plans for the churches or institutions, organizations. It's a nice uh, bulletin board type line for them. Uh, so the idea is that people will just wander uh, the organization will disappear if there's no plan in place, if there's no way forward. Uh, something that, that has to drive everybody, everybody toward a vision. Uh, people need a vision, an aspiration, something to go after so that they um, can succeed. And, and I'm not going to quote anyone in particular here. There's probably more than we, we could quote of people who have done this. But, but this interpretation uh, is good to kind of get off, get off uh, right off the bat um, because it's so widespread. I mean, it's used in the church. It's used in businesses. Uh, church growth movement really loved this one. Um, and even, you know, non-Christians in business, uh, they use it too. It's, oh, yeah. it's a way to get people uh, fired up. So. Okay, so a second interpretation is that um, the vision in this passage is speaking of the prophetic word. So this is what the prophet does. This, and I think this is why the CSB chooses revelation here instead of vision and puts vision in the footnote. Even though, the, I mean, vision is accurate. It, yeah. the, I think the CSB translation team is trying to make sure we, we understand we're not, we're not talking here about goals and plans and strategies. We're talking about the prophetic vision, the revelation that God's people need in order to be faithful. Uh, you know, there were times, there were times in the life of Israel where no one was hearing from God. You know, the word of the Lord was rare, we're told in, in 1 Samuel 3, or a famine of the word of God is worse than a famine of food. You see that in like 
in Amos chapter 8. So, so the interpretation here is that vision is referring to prophetic revelation. It's not referring to making plans and goals for the future of your organization. Yeah, and, there, and there's a lot of, I mean, there's a handful of kind of textual issues here that we should probably mention as well. Uh, for example, the definition of the word perish is, yeah, is that, also under debate. Yeah, I should have mentioned that. That's under debate too. Yeah, so the CSB says, without revelation, people will run wild instead of the people will perish, which is in, in some other translations. And the reason why um, the CSB did this, I think why it's a better translation, uh, is because the focus in the original is not on churches or communities perishing. So it's not saying, hey, your church is going right, to perish if you right. don't have a vision, uh, or even the perishing of lost people and their sins. It means something more like uh, to cast off restraint or to run wild like an undisciplined son. Uh, it's mentioned a little bit actually right in that same passage right in that same context, verse 15, a rod of correction imparts wisdom, but a youth left to himself is a disgrace to his mother. Then verse 16, when the wicked increase, rebellion increases, but the righteous will see their downfall. Verse 17, discipline your child and it will bring you peace of mind and give you delight. So that all leads up to this statement. So it's a lot of uh, sort of um, discipline type language there. Uh, And so then it comes up to this revelation passage we're talking about. And so the point is decency and civility in the community disappear uh, when the authoritative or prophetic word of the Lord is ignored or uh, not heard. Yes. And, you know, another good example of that kind of running wild or perishing in this sense or casting off restraint. I mean, you got the golden calf, right? right. In Exodus 32. at the Or or you think of the time of the judges in the Old Testament when everyone was doing what was right in their own eyes. Um, I, I like how Walt Kaiser puts it. He says, without the announcement of the word of God, the people will become unrestrained, disorderly, and grossly obscene in their manner of life. The verb means to let loose, that is to let one's hair down, whether literally or figuratively. <laughs> literally or figuratively. Yeah. In case in some places you let your hair down and that's the worst thing that you've done that <laughs> yeah, day. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, but we, we also ought to mention uh, there's one other aspect here, and that's the translation of kind of the latter part of the oh, verse. Oh, yes. Yes. So the, the part of the verse that usually doesn't get put on the coffee mugs right. or on the bulletin board or on the T-shirt, but there is another half to this verse, right? Yeah, and so the KJV puts it, uh, but happy is he that keepeth the law. Uh, and the CSB has, but one who follows divine instruction will be happy. Uh, so if you're familiar with the genre of wisdom literature, which is funny, there's a book that just came out that said that wisdom literature doesn't exist. So that's a whole other conversation for another day. Um, but, okay, but I want to hear about that. Yeah, so if you're if you're familiar, I haven't read it. You're so just teasing I've me I've just now. seen it. Yeah, go okay. look it up. Okay. Um, but, you, but you know, if you're familiar with wisdom literature, traditionally understood, uh, you know that, that often the latter part of this verse, uh, or of any verse, is going to help you interpret uh, the former part of the verse. The second part is sort of like the, the crescendo or the commentary. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so in this case, you'd see that the revelation or the vision at the beginning of the verse is connected to the law or the instruction, uh, which is mentioned in the latter part of the verse. And I think that's we're not we're not trying to make a commercial here for CSB, but I think CSB, CSB really does do a good job here uh, because the focus isn't primarily on the law as it is written down. Um, you know, God's word in the Pentateuch or the Torah. Uh, the focus is on divine instruction coming from a pof- prophet who is actually giving instruction from the Lord. Yes. Okay. So no disagreement for me on this. I think it's clear to our listeners, probably from both of us, that we do not accept the popular interpretation. And hey, we've held of this back verse. a lot of trolling and a lot of jokes in this past. I know. So, I know. We we got really some of them out ourselves. beforehand, but <laughs> um, but I you know, and I I we think. Listen, pastors, church leaders, listening. If you've used this verse as theological or biblical backup for your building program or your 10-year plan, please stop. That's that's all I say. Not not that there's anything wrong with a 10-year plan. Not that there's anything a building wrong with plan, that. <laughs> or laying out a vision for where you believe God wants your people to go. I, I mean, I think what we're trying to do when we talk about casting a vision for our congregation and where the Lord would have our our group, that's very important leadership. So I'm not I'm not denigrating that. I'm not downplaying that at all. That's part of my role at Lifeway. It's part of what I got to speak into as my role as a teaching pastor at a church as well. But still, 
I'm not going to use this verse to back me up in that because that's not what this verse is about. And so here's the thing. I know that it's so convenient to use this verse for that, but we don't we want to be as faithful as we could possibly be to the true meaning of biblical texts? So if we if we play fast and loose, run wild with scripture <laughs> interpretations, our people are going to do that too. And they're going to actually, we'll lose respect and credibility uh, with that. So anyway, so how would you preach or teach this? Yeah, right. I mean, I, yeah, I'm basically in agreement with you on that. You know, I think about uh, in my where I went to college, um, we had Jeremiah 29, 11 was kind of the college verse for another plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you. Yeah. And obviously the context of that is you may be prospered, but you're also going to be slaughtered, right? So there's 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 more context to it than this. We should do that verse flowery. too. We should do that verse, yeah. Let's just um, let's just break up some coffee mugs. I'm just kidding. Okay, let's just start just smashing kidding. coffee mugs. Just kidding. We sell a bunch of these at Lifeway. <laughs> there the the passages are still really good and important, and there is a way to get to an application. In fact, on the on the one you just talked about with Jeremiah, Jonathan Pennington has a really interesting article mm-hmm. about how some of the popular interpretations and applications of that Jeremiah passage actually there is a hermeneutical way yeah. to get there that is appropriate. So anyway, yeah, in, in context it can be very appropriate. Yes, yeah, yes. Sure. So anyway, uh, same thing with like I was in a church. I was at a church. Where, you know, we were trying to raise money to build a building, and of course Nehemiah was. I mean, I, I was like, this is just the stereotype. We don't need these type of passages to make really good points about visions or building campaigns or whatever. You know, like our, the church I'm at right now, we're we're trying to we're running out of space. We're going to try to to move location. We didn't need a bunch of pithy Bible verses out of context to get our people to know that it's important to give. It's important to serve our community, et cetera, et cetera. You can do all those things without having to throw a Bible verse on it uh, so that people will take you seriously. Bible stories and Bible yeah, narratives there's to, plenty to do that. That, yeah. that are actually in context. Right. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, I just say, you know, look, this passage is about uh, receiving help from God. It's about, you know, if you ignore God's uh, words, if you ignore the words of the prophets, um, then you're going to run wild. You're going to be disobedient. You're going to be off the path that God has you on, which is a path of godliness and, and Christ-likeness. That's the point of this passage, and that's a really good thing to preach. You know, that, yes. that, that in that passage, you talk about the discipline of a child, how God disciplines us because he doesn't want us to run wild. You look at, you know, bring in Hebrews about God being a good father. That's that's the type of way that you would preach this passage, not just for some sort of pragmatic uh you know, point you're trying to get across. Yes. And so if I'm preaching this passage, I'm, I'm going to give some examples, actually, of people running wild or casting off restraint when the word of the Lord is absent. Because I, I think it's important when you're going through the Proverbs, you want to illustrate biblically as much as possible from the Bible. Uh, you want to illustrate what the general truth of the proverb is. Um, and I'd also make sure to focus some attention on the last part of the verse, um, because, you know, the first part of the verse about vision for people, that is so popular. It's so widespread. It's easy to focus most of our attention there. But the latter part of this verse is beautiful. I mean, it speaks to the flourishing um, wholeness that comes about when people follow divine instruction. Yeah. I mean, I want to lift up and say, hey, God's word is for our good. The the vision of happiness here, it, it really takes you back to Psalm 1, you know, the blessedness, the happiness, the flourishing person who delights in the law of the Lord. So it's not always about feeling cheerful and upbeat. You know, even the faithful are going to feel at times, like they're downtrodden and sorrowful, but it's about happiness in the sense of the good life, the flourishing, God-centered life described in the Bible. So if I'm preaching this passage, I want to, yeah, I want to counter the bad interpretations of this verse that are out there, but ultimately, I want to get people to, to thirst for the kind of flourishing life in light of divine instruction that the author's putting forth in the, in the proverb. Yeah. That's what I, that's where I really want to get people. Yeah, and, and what does it mean to hear from God or listen to God or take divine instruction? Yes. You know, reading the word, prayer, community, these are the type of things that And what does this life look today. like? Right. Yeah. yeah, so... Um, 
Yeah, I think that I think that's a so going back to why we picked this passage. You know, obviously there's not a lot of scholarly debate there, but but I think enough people will have heard this passage taken the wrong way, or they may just be tempted to. We may have had somebody listen to this and say, "Man, I was just tempted to, to teach this this way," and I'm really glad I heard this. So we're out here just trying to just trying to uh, stay the facts, go against biblical fake news, and uh, <laughs> yeah. teach teach uh, true biblical interpretation. So, Trevin, thanks as always. Thank you all for listening. We will see you next time. Thanks for listening. Word Matters has been presented by the Christian Standard Bible, a translation that is faithful to the original languages, but clear for today's audience. Find out more at csbible.com.